May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words of my mouth be just what we need to hear today. Last week, I hope you didn't miss it, because this week is a continuation of last week. We talked about spiritual gifts. We talked about what they are, and then we named some of the spiritual gifts. I asked you then to take some time to look at the various gifts as they were described and see which of those gifts you think you may have been given. It says in verses 4 and 5, let me read that one more time. For just as each of us has one body, just like you have one body with many parts, many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Then in verses 6 through 8 is what we talked about last week, where Paul goes through some of those spiritual gifts. And I hope that you've given it some thought, and you have an idea of what some of your gifts might be. The first thing we mentioned was know your gifts. Gifts that we talked about very briefly were prophecy, which is the ability to speak the truth and have insight when others around you don't. There's the gift of serving, which is the ability to get things done. There's the gift of teaching, which is a special ability to help others grow in knowledge and character and in skills. There's the gift of encouragement, those people who have that special ability to bring strength and comfort to other people when they need it. There's a gift of giving, which is a special ability to release what God has given to you. There's the gift of leading, which is a special ability to blaze a trail that others might follow behind you or alongside you. Then there's finally the gift of mercy, which is a special ability to help people who can't help themselves. We all have different gifts. Paul makes the point that we're all part of one body, but we all have gifts. That means that every one of us has a couple of responsibilities. Number one is, as a member of Christ's body, as a Christian, we have a great responsibility for our own spiritual health. That means we ought to do things like go to church, Sunday school when it's happening, Bible studies when they're happening. We ought to have a little bit of personal time each day where we meditate and pray. Because if we're not healthy, the whole body isn't healthy. You know, you can get an infection in one finger or one toe and think, oh, not a big deal. But if you don't treat that and take care of it, there's always a possibility that that infection could spread and that you could end up very, very ill or worse. And that's because your blood flows throughout your body and could cause that infection to travel. If you don't take care of it, it can get bad. So our first responsibility is to maintain our own spiritual health, do the things we know we need to do to stay healthy spiritually. And then our second, 
as a member of Christ's body is to work together, to coordinate. Recently, we, had, we watched the Olympics, which were a year late. It was kind of strange watching the 2020 Olympics in 2021, but I'm always fascinated when I watch the swimmers and then also the track and field runners. Those people are such powerful athletes. It takes the whole body to do what they do. It, it just, it, it takes the lungs, it takes the heart, their every muscle in their body to run as fast as they're able to run. It's not just their feet. I thought about myself, and I'm a long ways from being an athlete, but I think it's about as close of a comparison as I can get to, the, to this and explain uh, my feeling as to how it affects me. Well, I'll be sitting in my Lazy Boy, and my wife got me a really nice one. It's a big, wide one. I think she thinks I'm going to get fatter because it's a really big one. <laughs> Actually, we shop together, so I'll take, I'll take credit for that too. But it's a, it's a big, wide, easy boy, and it's soft and plush, and it's got the electric, uh, you know, electric feet up and down and back, and it's even got a lumbar adjustment. I mean, this thing is comfortable. I could sleep in it. I don't, but I could. Well, I take a lot of naps in it, but I don't sleep all night in it. And I'll be sitting there in the evening, and then my head starts saying to my body, Body? It's time to get up out of your chair and take the dog for a walk. Oh, man. I'm really comfy. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go take a walk. My, it's just like my whole body goes into rebellion. My heart says, wait a minute. If, if, if we go for a walk, I'm going to have to beat faster. You know, and my lungs say, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have to stretch further. And my knees say, oh, man. I'm sore today, I don't want to do that. We really have to go for a walk? We just went for one yesterday. Maybe tomorrow? And that concrete is not gonna feel good. Well, my feet say, what are you all complaining about? I get it especially bad. Can't we just sit there, stay up high, and relax? Some days, the body wins. Some days, the head wins. But on those days, I know that if I don't take that dog for a walk, it's going to be a rough evening because she's a pup and she's full of energy. And she's going to make my life miserable for the rest of the evening. So get her out, get some of that energy off. But it's a conversation that goes on, you know. But I know that if, if, I, if I don't do it, they're, they're gonna, it's not going to be good. But every part of my body has to cooperate. It has to be a decision, not just in my head, but throughout. And everything's got to say, okay, I'm ready, let's go. If not, it doesn't happen. The whole body says we're going for a walk together. It's all involved, every part. I need them all. Believe me, I need them all these days. If this body... This church, or any church for that matter, is going to walk for the love of God and for the love of other people and accomplish good things in this life and store up rewards in the next. There has to be 
Everyone, every member of it has to be a part of it. Every member has to use their gifts and their abilities. And if you're here this morning and you belong to other churches, then that's where you, you, you use your gifts in your other church or in community centers or uh, food pantries or pad shelters, wherever you can use the gifts that God has given you. It takes everyone in this church using, every member of this body, using their gifts if we're going to walk forward and accomplish the great things that we can accomplish. If one member of our body is sick, and I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually, and disinterested, or maybe they got a chip on their shoulder they haven't talked to anybody about, or whatever it might be, it weakens the whole body. And we're not able to do as much as we would be able to do if everyone were healthy. And so take care of your spiritual health. Another thing that it takes is it takes an energizing by the Holy Spirit to make it happen. That's my vision for us, every one of us, to be involved in some way. There are some of you who can't do things like prepare meals or uh, even light candles or anything. You know, you're not able to do physical things. That's okay. You can pray. There's something for everyone, and we need everyone to be involved. It has to be a decision, a very definite decision on your part and on mine. And my vision is that each of us gets involved. Each of us decides to use our spiritual gifts. If we do that, this church, your church, your organization will go forward in a great, great way. And then here's the last thing. Use your faith. Remember last week I told you that I felt like the scripture was sort of flip-flop there and that this is, this is the beginning that we talked about last week that I didn't understand until I got through the end. And so we did the last half first and the first half last. This is why. It says in verse 3, the first part of the verse, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Wait a minute. Why in the world would any of us think of ourselves more highly than we should? Well, maybe because we're gifted people. Maybe it's easy to think of our great teaching or our great ability to be sensitive to others who are hurting or our ability to give great advice and counsel or our ability to give generously or our ability as a visionary leader. And Paul says, I'm going to talk to you in a minute about some amazing gifts that God gives. But before I do, I want to give you a warning. Don't let them go to your heads. The danger, once you know and really grasp the Bible's teaching on how God has gifted you is that it might go to your head. So notice what he says. The second part of the verse, but rather than rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What does Paul mean? Why is he bringing up faith? 
What has faith have to do with spiritual gifts? Think about this. You have two people who are really, really good at going and visiting the sick. They know what to say. They know how to, uh, they, they empathize with people. They love people. But one of them has stronger faith. Who, they've been given, it seems, a greater measure of faith. Which one of them is probably going to be more effective? Probably the one with faith. Two people who are great speakers. One who can really, both who can really wow an audience, but one who has a greater measure of faith. Probably going to accomplish more. Two leaders serving on church council. Which leader is going to be more effective and going to probably accomplish more? The one who has stronger faith. Here's the principle. The key, I think, to our effectiveness isn't so much in our gifts. It's not what you can do. It's not your abilities. But it's the faith you use when you use these gifts. I'll say that again. The key to our effectiveness isn't so much in our gifts as it is in the faith that we use when we use these gifts. Even when we're greatly gifted, there's always a possibility that we might use those gifts in the wrong way. Paul says that in the church, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't matter what your gift is. It only matters that we have all, diff- all have different gifts and that the church needs every one of them. None are more important than others. Here's the key to our gifts being used at their very best. The amount of faith that we use our gifts with. The real need of the church is not more gifted people. As I went through last week, if you, were, if you heard last week's message, I talked about each gift, and then I stated, because I wanted everybody to understand, that it, we have these gifts. Every single gift that I named is present in this church, and dare I say, most churches. What we need to do is not worry about more gifts or the more flashy gifts or who gets noticed the most, but rather more faith. We already have the gifts. What is our measure of faith that's been given to us to use those gifts that God's given us? Here at Zion, any church you belong to, whoever's listening. One more important piece of information and I'll be done. That faith, that measure of faith, can grow as time goes on. Paul talks about that. Jesus said the measure you use is the measure it will be given to you. In other words, exercise your faith more and it will grow. And your effectiveness will grow too. So here's how to have a good understanding of yourself. And here's how you use your spiritual gifts that God's given you. First of all, thank God for the gifts he's given you. That'll keep yourself from selling yourself short because you don't want to go in that direction either. You are gifted. 
Then ask God for a measure of faith that you need to use those gifts. He will give it to you. That'll keep you from thinking too highly of yourself, remembering that they came from him. Know your gifts. Find your place. This church, another church, wherever. Use your faith. Amen.